Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Big Ten Watchdog News Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Graham Dynas. And I'm Taylor Seymour. Before we get into the episode, like I do before every episode, I'm going to plug all of our socials. So first, with uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you give us a like and a subscribe. We are also now on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So if you're listening to us there, give us a, a nice review. Um if you are on YouTube and want to find us at either of those locations, there's a link in the description of the video to all of our destinations, and you just need to click on the icon of your preferred destination or platform that you want to find us on. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter with March Madness around the corner. That's going to be an absolutely massive platform for us here in the next couple of weeks. And then also give us a follow on TikTok. We've got some clips coming up for that as well. All right, let's get into the games for today. We are filming this on the on the night of semifinal Saturday, the eve of Selection Sunday, the best day of the year. Um, and the the first game that was played today was the the darlings of the tournament, Ohio State against the prohibitive favorites in Purdue. Purdue gets an eighty to sixty six win. Um, Zach Eady was just dominant. You could tell Ohio State not having uh, Zed Key kind of played a factor into how much they just fed Zach Eady, just play after play after play. And he had, you know, an average Zach Eady game of 32 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, and we've talked enough about Zach Eady, but there were times in this game where I thought he was getting, you know, more whistles than or he was getting away with more of what should have been fouls, but then also, you know, he's getting hacked for his life out there at all times. So it's, it's a double-edged sword there. And we've talked about that before, but yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts, Taylor, on the, the foul issues that seem to pop up with Zach Eady about weekly? It's just hard to, Oh man, it's hard to uh, referee somebody like that who is like, so much away from the norm like you like you have like a way that you watch the game but then this guy doesn't really fit into that way very much so I think it's difficult both ways yeah both against him I, and for him I saw there were people um I don't know if it was Robbie or if it was Bardo and Kugler or if it was someone else but someone mentioned that a lot of Big Ten refs are actively trying to not get Purdue games just because a there's a lot of pressure because that's the best team in the conference. And then also you have to officiate differently. Some would say, I think we agree that it's a little different for, for Edie than it is for others. And so it's, it's just not an enviable task for those officials in the conference. Um, but either way, he's going to be the national player of the year. And today's a reason why, because he takes 25 shots, goes for 32 and 14. He wanted to get 15, I think, uh, they put him back in when they were up by 15 points with a, like a minute left. Like they'd subbed him out, given him the round of applause, and then he checked back in. I feel like he's done that a couple times this season where the game was long over and he just checks, probably checks himself back in because I don't know if it's for stat padding reasons or if he just for the love of the game. I'm not I'm not really sure what that's about. Maybe he's got that dog in him and he just really wants to get back in there and play. He hates sitting on the bench. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's a – a nice take to have there towards the 
Zach Eady fan club. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Another thing that I noticed in this game for Purdue especially was that I talked about how they're, they were the Fletcher lawyer and Braden Smith were kind of getting pressured by, by the Rutgers guards and the press, just getting bothered. Today was a, not nearly as big of an issue, and it's obviously not as good of a defense, but I think that's a positive sign if you're a, a Purdue fan, seeing your guards play a little bit better today, even if they didn't score, they didn't turn it over as much. Yeah, and I think this is something they definitely needed to work on, and I'm just surprised it took this long. And maybe they haven't figured something out. Maybe it's just their defense isn't as good as other defenses that have pressured them. Um, Because usually you have to have a pretty good defense if you want to try to run pressure for a majority of the game anyways. Um, But I think that uh, if they can figure, if they can learn from what worked today, I think they'll, they'll be in a good spot. I agree. And it's just, it's nice because those are your second and third leading scorers as a team. And if those guys are feeling a little bit of pressure as freshmen, then that's obviously not ideal for if you're trying to make a run in March, which we'll talk about. Um, we'll talk about here in a second, because our next question is, how important do you think getting a one seat is to this team? A, how important is it to them? And B, how important should it be? I guess it's two different questions. And I guess you could take that question two different ways too. How important is it to them for their chances or how important is it to them personally uh, as like a pride reason? And I think to their chances, it doesn't really matter if they get a one or two. I think they're, you know, certified sweet 16 team anyways, just because nobody's going to stop their guys. But uh, pride wise, I think they think they're the number one team in the country. Um, They obviously showed that earlier in the season. And I think they want to fight for that one spot for just themselves personally. Yeah, and we're filming this before the Pac-12 championship. And I think that if UCLA wins tonight against Arizona, then UCLA will probably be that last one seed, unless if Purdue just comes out guns blazing against Penn State tomorrow. But even such, I feel like the bracket is pretty much made before the Big Ten Championship is finished because they release it directly after. So I'm not sure if that would even play any sort of role. I feel like they always have two scenarios, one for if this team wins and one for if that team wins, and that's immediately the bracket they give out. Uh, that being yeah. said, I think I think Purdue is currently sitting in a two spot, so barring a loss um, from UCLA, I think it's theirs. I think, I, I think UCLA is going to have the one. I'm with you there. And – if they, I doubt they end up in the same region. I'm seeing a lot of they end up as the two in the region with Alabama as the one, just because that would see, uh, that region would be in Louisville. It's the South, and so and Louisville is like an hour and a half from West Lafayette, I believe. So I think it's further than that. It may be like three. It may be like three. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it, it's close. It's pretty close. So it'd be closer than. Alabama would be so if that ends up being an elite eight matchup then that would there'd be a I would say that Alabama or I'm sorry Purdue fans would travel better than Alabama fans as well just better basketball fans yeah maybe but I mean given Alabama's how good they are I think they're going to travel pretty well too I mean no one or two seed doesn't travel I mean you're going to go see a really good team that's true and then if not Purdue's either looking at Madison Square Garden or Vegas as their region as the one. I think they'd probably prefer Madison Square Garden, but I do too. But if they're the last one, they wouldn't get the choice. It'd be whichever one's left. So, 
All right, and then let's get into let's get into the Ohio State Buckeyes here because they're not going to make the tournament. Um, but what a run they had here potentially saved Chris Holman's job. I don't think he was on probation or not probation, but like on the hot seat for this year. But he's he's no longer even close to that range. I would say after I mean three days of good basketball and a fourth. Yeah, but I, I think I think another year just like this is going to be then he'll be – there will be some questions he needs to answer. If he had um, lost, especially in the first game or maybe in the, even the second game, he would have had some questions to answer this year, not to say that he would be out. But midway through next year, if they're looking the same, he can have questions to answer. If he doesn't turn around by the end of the year, he might be uh, having to speak directly to the AD as to his performance. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh, I don't know if he's a draft guy or not. He could come back. He might go. I'm not sure. Bruce Thornton was really, really good for them today. And I, I look forward to well, I don't look I do not look forward to playing against him for the next couple of years as an Illinois fan. Um I think he's gonna be a, a really good big ten point guard for the next three years. But yeah, what a run, really. Just this is what March is all about. And even though they weren't able to get that automatic bid, which was their only path, it was fun to, you know, speculate and think maybe they will. So yeah, I think this game, in the end, ended up just how I thought it would. Um, and, yeah, their season is over now. If They had maybe played themselves onto the far edge of the outside-looking-in bubble, but with a loss, there was no chance. Yeah. They had to win the whole thing. You were – you yesterday, for those who didn't see it, Taylor's like, this is going to be a, a competitive game for the first 20 minutes, and then four games in four days is going to kick in. Second half is going to be a different story, and Purdue's going to run away with it. That's about exactly what happened, almost 100% accurate. Yeah, and no sense ball again today. They said he was hurt, officially yeah. out for the for the rest of the season, which we learned was just this game today. But, yeah, that's not a good look for his draftability if he's going to be hurt long-term. Yeah, hopefully he's not. Hopefully he's all right. All right, and then our second game today, Penn State upsetting Indiana 77-73. We had where, where Taylor was right. This is where Graham was right. Penn State's just dangerous. They can beat anyone. I've been saying it. They can beat anyone. And this playing four games in four days is really helping them out because they, they're they a team that relies on momentum so much, and they have all of it right now. Yeah, I've got two words for this Penn State team. Booty ball. Love it. It is certified booty ball. I love that term. I wish I'd come up with it myself. Um, but it's dangerous as as you've seen, and it can put anybody down, even the best, even who I thought was the best team in the conference. Shrews is just scheming it up, and by scheming it up, he has a system kind of like my it's similar. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or if I was talking to someone else, similar to the James Harden era Rockets, where you've got five out and no one's big, and you just let Jalen Pickett go to work. If there's help, he just dishes to one of the four over 40% three-point shooters that are also on the court. Um, It's just a fun, really fun team to watch. And Jalen Pickett's obviously a stud. We've been talking about TJD. Potentially, they're both going to be All-Americans. TJD is going to be a first-team All-American. Pickett, probably a second-team All-American, I would say, nationally. So they, they battled it out today. Pickett went for 28. TJD went for 24. It was a really lived up to the hype, I think, those two going head to head. Yeah, this is exactly what we expected, too. I mean, we knew it was going to be those two guys, and the winner was going to be whoever had more 
uh, supporting help on the side and turned out to be Penn State today. Is this a letdown for Indiana? Do you think that they really, really were expecting and wanting to win this conference tournament? Or do you think they're stepping out of this saying, we're getting an extra day of rest? You know, we didn't play bad basketball today and we're going to go into the the tournament a little more refreshed. No, let's be honest. They they wanted to win this and they wanted to win it bad. They thought they were the best team in the conference. Um, they thought they were underseeded um, because of their bad start in the in the conference season. They wanted it bad and they didn't get it. I I kind of feel like this is a team that really wanted this as well. And I think that that's more of a, a player's thing. I think Woodson is okay with how it is going to shake out and his team's going to get more rest. They're going to have more their legs under them a little more um, for the tournament. But TJD, Miller Cop, um, Race Thompson, these guys that have been there for several years and they've witnessed the lows and now the highs, they really, I think, would have wanted this to kind of encapsulate their their peak of their careers at Indiana. And so – yeah, especially with TJD coming back this year, deciding not to go to the draft last year. I think that was one motivating factor was he wanted to go win a title. But I think that this uh, might be just a motivator for the next tournament that they're playing in. Do you think the same? I think it can be. And I think this Indiana team probably, if I had to guess, looking at a five seed, it's kind of where I'd throw it out. I have them a little lower in mind, but I think the whole Big Ten is a little underrated in my metric. Um and this Indiana team, I think, has the best chance to be a Final Four team. And I think we've yeah, talked I about think, this before. I think they are the best chance in the conference. Yeah, we have, we have discussed it before. Um, and I think it's they're above and away probably the best chance, but not to say that Purdue can't do it or Penn State apparently if they get hot. Penn, yeah, Penn State's a team that can. Booty, booty ball madness coming to a arena yeah. near you this March. Love it. Um, yeah, I think – that, I mean, Purdue, obviously, they have the pieces. They have Zach Eady, who's really the piece um, to, to make it happen. But Indiana as a five seed, I think this is a team that is going to be extremely, extremely motivated. They're well coached. So, yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. So those were our games today. And moving on to, to the preview of tomorrow's game, which will be on Sunday, which is the day that you are listening to this podcast, Penn State and Purdue will play for round three of their battle in the Big Ten Championship. These teams played on January 8th, where Purdue won by 13 points, 76 to 63, at the Palestra in, in Pennsylvania. Zach Eady went for a 30 ball, 13 rebounds. Um, and the freshman guards for Purdue, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, each went for above 15. And Jalen Pickett in that game went for 26 points with nine boards and eight assists. Then they played again on the 1st of February, in which Purdue won at home by 20. This was the Mason-Gillis game. We came on the podcast and I think immediately talked about it after it happened. Mason-Gillis went for a 29 points and shot 75% of three, almost broke the record in the arena. Edie still went for 18 and 13. And then Penn State, you had Lundy with 18, and Jalen Pickett had 12. Um, Purdue out-rebounded Penn State in that game, 38 to 19. And I think that's going to be a problem. Both of these teams are matchup nightmares, and I think it's going to 
come down to who's able to take advantage first. Because I think it's going to be a lot harder to expose Zach Eady defensively than it is to expose um, whoever is the smaller player for Penn State that's going to have to guard Eady, whether it's Kevin Jai or Mikey Hinn, or if they're putting Dredd at the five, whoever it is. I think they'll probably start with Dredd, yeah. yeah, both neither of these teams match up against each other. It's going to be a weird dynamic of how somebody's going to play big and the other one's going to play small, and just see what what moves first: the uh, movable object or the whatever the saying force. is. You know, the unstoppable yeah. force. There you go. Miles Dredd is an unstoppable force. I mean, have you seen him run? I mean, he's he's a tank. I love Miles Dredd. This uh, it's going to come down to how well they shoot the ball and. That's going to be the case in every Penn State game. They're a they're a make shots team. If they make shots, they're impossible to beat. Same with Iowa. We have a lot of those Northwestern, a lot of these teams in the conference. Um, but Purdue has taken advantage of both matchups in the regular season. But I feel like this is the best ball that Penn State's played all year, and Purdue is playing at best their just average level even with the wins over Rutgers and Ohio state, those were take care of business wins where they didn't show out and look spectacular. So I think that it's going to be a really competitive game barring just a, this is our fourth game in four days let down from Penn state and they shoot 26% from three. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the way that Painter wants to play. He's just very much scheme it out, slow burn you all the way through. Um, and I think Penn State comes out more firing early, so it just depends on which one of those two schemes is going to work first. Can they can they contain Penn State, or is uh, Purdue just going to slow burn them? We've got the master and the Padawan. Shrews is a former member of, of the Painter coaching tree. I guess he's still a member of the coaching tree, former member of the staff. Um, yeah, Shrews is – he's taken a lot of the, of the things he learns from Painter – and he also has experience working with Brad Stevens in Boston. So he has these connections to both of these guys. He has this NBA-style offense, which we've talked about. I'm curious to see if he has anything in his bag of tricks that he can use to to poke a hole into Purdue that they haven't been able to do in the two regular season matchups. I think he does, but I don't know if it'll be enough to overcome, overcome the, yeah. the, the greatness that is coach team in March. Yeah. Okay. How important do you think winning is for each of these teams? Because I know that Purdue is probably playing for a one seed. Potentially you've got Penn state who is essentially just playing with house money at this point. They're all the way in. They may be looking at a nine seed if they win it all. I think at worst, they're going to be a 10. I don't even know which one you'd want more at this point. I'm a proponent I, of the 10 over the nine, but what do you I think, think this is, I think it's important to each team, but for different reasons. Um, I think Purdue's reason that it's important is because they feel like they were doubted all year. You know, they came into the big 10 as the, the finished middle of the pack in the preseason poll between the coaches. And um, additionally, they have been little brother in the state of Indiana all year and they want to go and prove that they're not. Um, so, but for Penn state, I think it's uh we're going to prove that even if we don't have, you know, the biggest guys or the the best guys, we can still go do it. And I think if Penn State does that, they might have a reason to 
up Shrewsbury's contract so he doesn't uh, take flight to the Georgetown job, which is heavily rumored in the news these days. I'm hearing a lot of Notre Dame because he is an Indiana guy with he has Butler ties and Purdue ties. I could definitely see a Notre. I've heard Notre Dame for sure. I've heard lots and lots of Georgetown. I, I I've heard I've heard that as well, but I'm kind of curious to see where Georgetown goes. This is something we can talk about at another time. But Coach Shrews is deserving of whatever job. I'm I'm going to say he's probably one of the top 25 coaches in America, and so I I'd be willing to hire him if I have a vacancy for sure. This is going to be maybe the best basketball game that we could have gotten in this championship because at pure X's and O's, I think these are the two best coaches we have in the conference. Yeah, I would say, I'd say it's going to be a good one. I think an Indiana Purdue round three for the, for the title of the, of the tournament would have been better um, excitement wise, but I think purely basketball wise, I think this might be the best. Completely agree with that. That's what I was going to say is that, you have more stakes in Indiana Purdue round three. It's going to have a little bit more, you know, punch to it in the national media. But Penn State is kind of the underdog that everyone can root for in this month. And we'll see if they pull it out. I, I hope they do for for the Illinois sake. Um, I did see a stat that um, the three teams that Penn State has beaten in the tournament thus far are all – winless against them so we illinois went 0 three against penn state on the season then they swept northwestern in two games and they just swept indiana in, in two so now they're going in against purdue who they haven't beat in two attempts so we'll see but, if there's a, a change in the tides or if they're able to change the narrative booty ball madness comes for all graham it does it does it came for us it's coming for everyone I'm I it's annoying to play against and I understand why coach Brad and and Coleman had their their beef with it but Pickett is what he's doing is phenomenal and it's like Harden in Houston where it's just effective and it's obviously annoying even if you don't think it's real basketball but it's effective and it's efficient and it's leading to them winning games so can't hate it for those reasons. All right. Looking at the overall tournament as a whole, who is the biggest winner of this tournament? If if Penn State wins the title tomorrow, I'll say them. Otherwise, I think it's Ohio State just for what they did with how bad their season was. I was going to say it's Shrews and Holman. Just the individuals. Shrews's value. Shrews's, that I don't know if that's right. Coach Shrewsbury's value as a coach in the market has shot up. And I think he would have been in these rumors regardless just because of what this Penn State team is and how good they are, even if they hadn't made the tournament. But he's now on a national stage being recognized as an elite high major coach. So definitely a big winner there. And then Holtman, like I said, could have been on the hot seat potentially no longer so, so that's a big win. How about the biggest loser of the tournament? That one's tough. It's harder, I think. And I want to say it's. Hmm. I don't. Do you have somebody that you're in mind? I'll. That you have. I have. Uh, I, I have a couple. I Wisconsin for sure. Yeah, they, I think that's a good they, one. Yeah, they had a tough, 
a tough draw against Ohio State, and they lost that, and they just didn't look very good. Um, you guys, for sure, lost your yeah, bid. That's 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 acceptable answer as well. I think I'll go with Northwestern. They came in as the two seed. They had beaten a couple top teams, and then just couldn't get it done in the first game. They couldn't even get one in the tournament. I think that might be my biggest loser. I didn't have a ton of expectations for Northwestern either way. Even as the two seed, they're a 12 and eight two seed. So, and we knew what Northwestern was. And this Penn State team is equally as good as them. They finished what two games worse in the conference schedule. It's, it is what it is. Another one, Iowa for sure. L- losing anyone. I mean, I don't think Michigan State is overly mad that they lost to Ohio State because they didn't have much to play for. And it's not like Iowa lost their bid or anything. It's just kind of disappointing to see them get bounced so early. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, Coach McCaffrey. But like we said, last year they won it and got beaten the first round of the tournament. So maybe they're going to reverse the tide. What's your favorite moment of the tournament thus far? That's a tough one. I've been thinking about this for a while now. Um and I can't decide between a couple of things. Off the court, I definitely think it's the booty ball comment. I just think that's hilarious as to how he came up with that. Um, on the court, I think it just might be... Oh, man. There haven't really been any good comebacks or anything that, that overwhelms somebody at the end. Maybe Rutgers shooting performance in the second half of their Michigan game. I, I was that thinking... Was quite hot yeah i was thinking the um i just had it the ending very ending of the penn state northwestern game that's like a quintessential march moment you you know do it you run the foul up three to perfection except you forget to box out oh no shots up it's a bad shot but it looks good and just barely misses northwestern's going home after one game that's kind of you know, that's what you see in March just so often. You know, it was it was a really March moment. Yeah, I think if it would have went in, it would have been cooler. Absolutely. Obviously, but, you know, Chase Adiz can only do so much. Yeah, and then just Pickett kind of taking over in the second half today. He had a moment, and he's had a lot of moments, but that one in particular today just absolutely taking over in the second half. That, that was massive. And – they had beaten us twice, but we were expected to beat them. They were probably a, a two-point underdog against Northwestern. Today, they were a true underdog against Indiana, and they were able to pull it out. That's a massive win for them. Huge Again, we're talking about Penn State a lot, but huge, huge fan of Penn State. Yeah, and they I did s- so much great, so many great things throughout this tournament that it's hard to talk about the tournament at all without mentioning the wild and crazy success they've had that Really, nobody thought they would get this far. I mean, they could win a game or two, but now that they've just upset who I thought was the favorite to win the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I had heard people say that if this team didn't have to play on Wednesday, that they would be playing in this game, which it's just you never know. That first round could be awful for them. It could be great, and depending on how it went, they stayed hot where they would have stayed – I mean, they wouldn't have stayed cold. They would have went home. It's either be hot or go home. And for them, it's it's be hot, kind of like the uh, the dating shows. 
like the, you know, like, like Love Island, you know, it's Love Island too hot to handle, you know, be hot, yeah, be hot or go home. That's, that's the motto for Penn State as of right now. All right. Anything left on the ball end of things before we wrap up this half hour episode? Tomorrow is one of the biggest days in sports and could not be more excited. And if you're not as excited as I am, you know, I think there might be a misfiring in your brain somewhere, or maybe there's one in mine. No, I don't know which, it's but... them. It's them. <laughs> but I'm so excited. Totally them. Best day of the year tomorrow. Five conference championship games, Ivy League, A-10, um, the American, SEC, and the Big Ten will play the last game before the tournament, before the, the field of 68 is announced on CBS at 5 Central, 6 Eastern. Um, I cannot wait. Best day of the Same year. time every year. Best tradition in basketball. Finishing the Big Ten Championship rolls right into Selection Sunday. It's amazing. What, what an awesome opportunity for our conference. Alrighty. Best conference in America. All right. Let's uh, do our plugs conference one of champions, more time. Even. No, no. It's not the Conference of Champions. The, oh, the, ac- the actual Conference of Champions hasn't won a championship in longer than it's been for us. Um. Click the links in the description if you want to visit our, our Twitter, TikTok, or visit us on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify platforms for a podcast. Make sure you give us a like and a subscribe and a follow, a review, whatever is necessary for each app um, in on whatever app. Um, yeah, we have the link tree, like I mentioned. Click on the icon if you're listening to us on YouTube. Make sure that you can... Give us a a, um, a a visit on a podcasting platform like Apple or Spotify if you are so inclined and if that would be more interesting and easier for you guys. Um, I guess that's it. We will see you guys on either Monday or Tuesday with our Selection Sunday uh, review and our NCAA Tournament Big Ten preview. Uh, it was fun. See you guys.